Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. This morning we are in Exodus 26. Exodus 26. Um, we're getting into some uh, some chapters of the Bible that most people like to gloss over, right? We like to, when we get to these points, when it's talking about different measurements and and curtains and this and then rods and wood and all this kind of stuff that we like to just gloss over because we're like this doesn't this doesn't pertain to me but i think we're going to find that um when when the word says that all scripture is god breathed and is and is pertinent like all scripture is god breathed and is very very important and when you look at these chapters of the bible we will see jesus in the chapter and it still points to us this may be old testament stories old testament things that happen and you know we can say we're we're not no longer under the law we're under grace we can get into the weeds of that all we want but the bottom line is all of these chapters of the bible are important right and there, there's always something that we can take and use um for for our benefit amen so um listen this weekend, before I get started, we know what it is, right? It is our anniversary. Come on, Fusion Church. It's our anniversary. 10 years of Fusion, three years of Egg Harbor Township. And a lot of us, we remember those beginning days of Egg Harbor Township. You know, we've talked about it before, tearing up carpet, painting walls and putting up walls and all this stuff that we did to make Egg Harbor Township what it was. And hey, because of that, we're here now in Cumberland County, and we're celebrating our one-year anniversary this Sunday at Cumberland County. Come on, and we're still seeing um, people coming in, lives being changed. You know, we have attendance that's double, sometimes triple the average church in America, and we've only been around a year. You know, there are churches that close their doors within a year of, of being launched, and, and we're, we're still moving strong. What's that tell me? That God is not done. He is never going to be done. He always has a plan. We are always moving forward. There are people need to be reached. Our communities need to be reached, and every single one of you on this call is a part of that, right? Whether you've, you've prayed for us, you've sown into Cumberland County, you are a part of it. So I don't care what location you call home, I'm saying all y'all are part of Cumberland County location. Amen. Every single one of y'all. So I'm going to give you an invitation. If you are not currently serving somewhere at EHT, come out to Cumberland County this weekend, right? Come see what your prayers have done. If you haven't been out, come see what your sewing has done, what your giving has done. If you're serving at EHT, I ain't, listen, I ain't trying to get Pastor Brendan mad at me for, for pulling people from, from EHT over the weekend but if you if you if you're just going this weekend to attend come attend, attend Cumberland County and see what God is doing I promise you you know we're not it's not us it's not us okay it's it's not me it's not none of the team members it is pop a lot pop does a lot over there um but it is God 
God is moving in Fusion Church. God is moving in Cumberland County. God is moving in EHT. And um, we say it all the time. We get to be a part of this. Amen. <laughs> we get to be a part of what God is doing. So, all right, I'm done with all that. All right, we're going to get into it. Exodus 26, um, I'm going to pray and we're going to jump right into it. Father, we love you, Lord, and we just we just thank you that that we do have calls for celebration, Father. We do have things that we can be thankful for, Lord. And I pray that we never lose sight. We don't, we don't, we don't get wrapped up in the details and the things that are happening around us. We don't get wrapped up in, I have to serve. I have to be an usher. I got to make coffee. I got to, uh, I got to go sweep something at the church. I got to put up cones for the parking lot. I got to hold up a sign, Lord God. I, I pray, Father, that we will continue to see that, see that we are we get to go serve your kingdom, Father. We get to go serve our Savior, Father, Lord. So thank you, Father, for that. And we pray that you will be with us during this time, Lord. I pray that that uh, I will fade to the background, Lord God, and it'll be your words that are heard, not mine, Father. Speak to our hearts, Lord God. Reveal things to us during this time. In your holy and precious name, amen and amen and amen. All right, give it a stretch. And we are in Exodus 26, and I am reading from the New King James Version. Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine woven linen and, and blue, purple, and scarlet thread. With artistic designs of cherubim, you shall weave them. The length of each curtain shall be 28 cubits, and the width of each curtain four cubits. And every one of the curtains shall have the same measurements. Five curtains shall be coupled to one another and the other five curtains shall be coupled to one another. And you shall make loops of blue yarn on the edge of the curtain on the cell edge of one set. And likewise, you shall do onto the outer edge of the other curtain of the second set. 50 loops you shall make in the one curtain and 50 loops you shall make on the edge of the curtain that is on the end of the second set that the loops may be clasped to one another. And you shall make 50 clasps of gold and, a, and couple the curtains together with the clasps so that it may be one tabernacle. You shall also make curtains of goat's hair to be a tent in the tabernacle. You shall make 11 curtains. The length of each curtain shall be 30 cubits and the width of each curtain four cubits. And the 11 curtains shall all have the same measurements. And you shall couple five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves. And you shall double over the six curtain at the forefront of the tent. You shall make 50 loops on the edge of the curtain that is outermost in one set and 50 loops on the edge of the curtain of the second set. And you should make 50 bronze clasps, put the clasp into the loops and couple the tent together that it may be one. The remnant that remains of the curtains of the tent, the half curtain that remains shall hang over the back of the tabernacle and a cubit on one side and a cubit on the other side of what remains of the length of the curtains of the tent shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle on this side and on that side to cover it. You shall also make a covering of ram skin dyed red for the tent and a covering of badger skins above that. And for the tabernacle, you shall make the boards of acacia wood standing upright. Ten cubits shall be the length of a board and a cubit and a half shall be the width of each board. Two tenons shall be in each board for binding one to another. Thus you shall make for all the boards of the tabernacle. And you shall make the boards for the tabernacle, 20 boards for the south side. You shall make 40 sockets of silver under the 20 boards, two sockets under each of the boards for its tenon. And for the second side of the tabernacle, the north side, there shall be 20 boards and the 40 sockets of silver, two sockets under each of the boards. For the far side of the tabernacle westward, you shall make six boards. And you shall also make two boards for the ba two back corners of the tabernacle. They shall be coupled together at the bottom and they shall be coupled together at the top by one ring. 
Thus it shall be for both of them. They shall be for the two corners. So there shall be eight boards with their sockets of silver, 16 sockets, two sockets under each of the boards. And you shall make bars of acacia wood, five of the boards on one side of the tabernacle, five bars for the boards on the other side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards of the side of the tabernacle for the far side westward. The middle bar shall pass through the midst of the boards from end to end. You shall overlay the boards with gold, make their rings of gold as holders for the bars, and overlay the bars with gold. And you shall rise, raise up the tabernacle according to its pattern, which you were shown on the mountain. You shall make a veil woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. It shall be woven with an artistic design of cherubim. You shall hang it upon the four pillars of acacia wood, overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be gold upon four sockets of silver. And you shall hang the veil from the clasps. Then you shall bring the Ark of the Testimony in there behind the veil. The veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy place. You shall put the mercy seat upon the testimony in the most holy. You shall set the table outside the veil and the lampstand across from the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south. And you shall put the table on the north side. You shall make a screen for the door of the tabernacle, woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen made by a weaver. And you shall make for the screen five pillars of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Their hooks shall be gold, and you shall cast five sockets of bronze for them. Amen. Amen. Let's give it a stretch. All right. Make sure you guys, we're going to need some of this for, for today, all right? Okay. So we read that. And who cares, right? Who cares? Like, what do we need to know about? lengths and cubits and wood and overlaying and sockets and all this stuff, right? This is very, very important because the Lord is giving Moses all the, the dimensions and all the details of the tabernacle, the meeting place where God was going to meet his people, right? So it's very, very important. Verse, verse one says, make the tabernacle with 10 curtains of fine woven linen. The, the tabernacle was, was a tent with a frame and it had elaborate carvings. And, and this first section that he's talking about describes the first covering, the one that's going to be, be seen from the interior of the tabernacle. See, the, the plans for the tabernacle there were, were, excuse me, revealed to Moses from the inside out. Okay, and it started with the interior furniture, and then it worked outwards to the outside of the tabernacle. And so, so when we come to church, right? When we approach the tabernacle, when we approach the the, the sanctuary, we always come from the outside in. But God is building the sanctuary from the inside out, right? And doesn't He work in us the same way? Doesn't He work in people the same way? He works in us from the inside out right too often church we see people come come into the building and we look at them and they're like "Ooh, what, what's going on with them but we have no idea what god is doing on the inside we like to look at the exterior and we like to judge right and this is the this is the capital c church you know this is you know how many of us have been to churches like that when you walk in and people are like mm, you get that stank eye for, for for nothing more than the way you look the way you dress the way you have your hair, you may have a couple tattoos, you know, and, and, you know, some, some people, they come into the church and they, they smell kind of funny. They smell like they've been smoking that, 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 that sticky icky, 
you know, none, none of y'all know about that. Okay. So I'm a, but we don't know what God is doing inside of them. We don't know the work has been happening inside their heart. We don't know what God's revealing to them. Okay. It doesn't matter what they look like on the outside. What matters in, is what they look like on the inside. Amen. And that's what we need to look at. Look at it when we're reading things like this. It says with artistic designs of cherubim, the, the, the designs on this covering were visible only from the inside of the tabernacle. So, so, so on the inside of the tabernacle, if you were inside, you would see designs of cherubim, angels sewn into all the fabric on the inside, right? Just as one would see when they're in heaven, angels all around them. Right, these images were, were of angels were set out of sight. You couldn't just if you're walking around the tabernacle, you wouldn't see that, you know. But in the inside, you would see it, you know. So today, there's there's no need for images of angels on on churches. We see these these great cathedrals and there's 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 gargoyles and there's statues of angels and whatnot. That's not what God wanted. That's not how God designed His tabernacle, right? But what happens, man? We get in the way. And we start saying, you know what? I want to make this more and more elaborate, right? We see church buildings that, you know, have all this, they have steeples and they have all this kind of stuff. And that's fine. It's beautiful. That's not what God designed. That's not what God told us to do, right? That's why I appreciate places like, like Fusion Church where, you know, that was a legit warehouse, you know, a plain rectangle building. You don't see steeples and you don't see all this kind of stuff because we're not trying to put on a show. Churches are trying to put on a show, all right? And if you came from a church like that, I'm sorry, I'm calling your church out, putting on a show. That's not what God wanted. Verse three says, five curtains shall be cu um, coupled. The fine linen curtains that you know he, uh, God told Moses to make was, was made by sewing together five curtains. Each one of these was 42 feet long and six feet wide. And they were first joined in sets of five. And then those together, they were all joined together, covering 42 feet by 60 feet. Okay, very elaborate. Okay, so it talks about cubits in the word. But when we break it down, what it means today. So you have these curtains, when they're all together, 42 feet by 60 feet. Verse six says, make 50 clasps of gold and couple the curtains together with the, with the clasps. The set of five curtains were, were not to be sewn together. Okay, they weren't supposed to you weren't supposed to weave them together. They were joined by a system of loops on the fabric and gold clasps to link the loops from one set of five curtains to the other set of five. Right? Very intricate, very meticulous on way the way God wanted them to do this. It says so that it may be one tabernacle. The, so the, the the spiritual principle that's illustrated with this method of joining the curtains um, shows unity. It shows unity and, the, and diversity. The same idea we find in Romans 12, verse 5, where it says, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Unity, okay? These were multiple sets of curtains that were joined together, right? And they weren't sewn together. They weren't, you know, but, but they, they worked together to form one body, one tabernacle. Brothers and sisters, we are all individuals. God has worked on all of us. God has done things inside of us, and he has put us together to serve one body in unity, in diversity. 
Look at the pictures of all everyone here on this call. All right. If you're on a if you're on a laptop, it's a lot much easier to see a whole whole bunch of people in front of you. I see so many different colors. I see so many different types of people in here. Unity and diversity. All right. I, I was talking to Pastor Brennan, and and he he was saying during his sabbatical, you know, he was visiting different churches and, you know, different, you know, uh, brothers in Christ, or he was visiting your churches just and whatnot. And he went to one church that will re remain nameless. And um, he walked in and all he saw was white people, just white people in the church. Right. And, and he made a comment to the guy, like, bro, like, how are you going to reach people? Like what is going on in your church? So you have all the same type of people right? The body of Christ is diverse. God made us so diverse, so different. Look at Fusion Church, and that's not the brag to say we're better than another church, but there's so many different types of people, right? It's beautiful. It's what heaven is going to look like. Come on, brothers and sisters. I'm telling you right now, if you have a picture of heaven where, where, where all it is is, you know, blonde hair, blue eye, like we're all going to be transformed into this, this figure. No, we are going to look like the way we look right now, just in a heavenly form. And it's going to be diverse. We sing this song when we were in, in, in Sunday school, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. That's not, that's not just a cute fairy tale uh, uh, nursery rhyme. That is, that is gospel. God's came to save all people all people, regardless of what they look like. Verse 13 says a cubit on one side and a cubit on the other side. The, 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 the fine linen layer with the heavenly set of cherubim coverings was completely obscured by the dark coverings of goat's hair that was going to be over it. It was not open to observation. Heaven remained hidden to all except who entered through the door of the tabernacle. So you had pictures of heaven you had angels all over the place, but you could not see it unless you entered into the tabernacle, unless you took that step to, to go into the church. Come on, brothers and sisters. There are things that we will not experience unless we get into the body of Christ. Okay? I feel, uh, I feel sad for those who have not yet come back to a physical meeting place of the church. Right? They And, and there are some people... They, they have legitimate health concerns, and, and I'm not talking about that, but there are people, right, and I might step on some toes, who have not come to back to church after COVID because it's not convenient. It's real easy to crawl out of bed. You don't even got to wash your mouth out. You ain't got to brush your hair. You ain't got to do none of that stuff. You can just go and sit on the couch, log into YouTube, and I'm at church. But you are not experiencing the heavenly reality that is when you come into the body of Christ. You are not able to see that. You're not able to experience that, right? The word says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves. God said, do not forsake assembling with other brothers and sisters, because there are things that you will not experience if you're not in unity with the body of Christ. Come on. That is for someone here today. Right. And if it's not for someone here, it's someone it's, it's, it's for someone that you need to share this with. Verse 25, there shall be eight boards with their sockets of silver, 16 sockets. Silver is the metal associated with redemption and payment for sin. Jesus was betrayed for silver in Matthew 26. 
the tabernacle's foundation was silver, pointing to the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Pointing to the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Did the children of Israel have any idea about Jesus Christ? About, I mean, they, they, there was, they, they, had the, they had prophecies, they had all this kind of stuff, but they didn't realize what they were building. They were just being obedient. But God kind of knows what he's doing, amen? And God is very, very meticulous, right? There's no detail that he, that he, that he misses. So making the foundation of the tabernacle silver was very, very important. Perhaps this dual nature of, of different types of, of the foundations being overlaid with the wood and then, and then with the wood overlaid with silver, excuse me, um, had to do with two sources of revelation, the Old and the New Testament. Law and grace. We're seeing aspects of the New Testament, New Testament gospel here in the tabernacle in the Old Testament. Come on. That just... That blows my mind because we can get wrapped up in that's just Old Testament stories. That's just an Old Testament thing that we need to we, we need to read about because, you know, Pastor Jason put the soap together and I, I got to get through this. But no, this points to Jesus and his redeeming work. This is amazing. The silver of redemption also separated the tabernacle from uh, from uh, the rest of the floor. Right, the dirt of the floor. It's separating. This is an illustration of the truth that, that Jesus, his redeeming work separates us from the world. The silver of the floor separated um, whoever walked in it from the, from the dirt ground. Right, Jesus' redeeming work separates us from the evils of this world. Right, so hold on to that redemption. God saved you for a reason, He saved you for a purpose. Right, it says, uh, in verse 30, moving on, because time is already starting to slip, slip past us. Um, according to its pattern, which you were shown on the mountain, the, the re repetition of, of this phrase, according to its pattern, um, we read about that in Exodus 25.9 and, and 25.40 um, yesterday, suggests that, that Moses received a vision of exactly how the tabernacle should look, right? And then he had to communicate that vision to the craftsmen who did the actual building right? Moses was not a builder. Moses was not a craftsman. He didn't do any of that stuff. Moses was a shepherd. He was a prince of Egypt who turned into a shepherd, and now he was shepherding the children of Israel. He was not a craftsman, right? He was not an artisan. He wasn't going to do any of that stuff, but he had to relay the vision to the people who could do the work, and God works in this, the same way in leaders today. He gives them a vision of what the work should be. And then that leader passes it on to others who would do much of the work. Pastor Brendan and Pastor Danielle, they were given a vision of what God wanted Fusion Church to be. Pastor Brendan and Pastor Danielle, the elders of a church, cannot do all the work. It is impossible, right? Can you imagine Brother Doug up there worshiping uh, on the worship platform with a microphone? You know, I mean, I'd like to see it. I think it'd be kind of funny, but he, he's not, that, Brother Doug and Brother Bob, you know, up there leading worship and they could do it. Let's be real. They could do it if they were called, but there are other people who have been called to do the work. And so it is the job of the pastor to relay the vision to the people. And, and so then the people do the work of the ministry. 
right? And the people take that vision and make that vision their own. Come on, brothers and sisters, that's so important, right? Take the vision that God has given you and make the work your own. Moses couldn't have imagined, um, could, excuse me, could have remained silent about what, what God had shown him, but then the work would have never gotten done. Pastor Brennan could have taken the vision of Fusion Church and just kept quiet about it. And none of us in this call right now would be here. Who knows where we, where we would be? God may have given you a vision. And it's up to you to figure out how to make that vision work. Right? T.D. Jakes has an illustration where, where he says, um, um, God never made a table. God never made a chair. He made a tree. And he put the vision of a table and a chair in the minds of people. And it's up to them to, to listen to that and make it happen. The same thing is true here. It says, verse 31, you shall make a veil, the veil of fine linen and blue, purple, scarlet yarn with artistic designs of cherubim hung on four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold set in silver sockets. The ancient Jews said that the veil of a temple was so wide as, as four fingers, four fingers wide, so no one could possibly see into the most holy place. That's how many layers of curtains were sewn so that you could not peek into the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was going to be placed, where the presence of God was going to be. It says the veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy place. The veil separated the, the tent into two compartments. The first was a holy place, the, the larger room with the, the table of showbread, the lampstand, and, and the altar of incense. And then the veil past the veil was the, the second room, the most holy place. There's the smaller room, again, where the Ark of the Covenant would be placed. The veil was a barrier between the two rooms, and no priest could go beyond the veil into the most holy place except for the high priest. And that was only once a year on the Day of Atonement. According to Hebrews 9.12, spiritually speaking, Jesus with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption when Jesus came. And in Matthew 27, it says the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom, right? And the temple, those walls were so high, right, that the veil tearing from the top to the bottom could have only been God. Imagine, imagine you see these strongman competitions and they, they take a phone book. And they just, they ripped the phone book in half. Imagine God stepping down from heaven when his son was dying on the cross and tearing the veil, separating us from his presence. So now the holy place is open to us. Hebrews 10, 19 says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, the torn veil of Matthew 27, 51, also symbolizes the broken body of Jesus through which we have access to the most holy place, his body that was broken, his skin that was shredded in pieces represents the veil. So as that was being ripped, the, his body was being ripped, the veil was being ripped. And because of that, we now have direct access to God. We don't have to go through a man. We don't have to go through a priest. 
We don't have to, you know, pray to a saint or pray to anybody else, but directly to God because of what Jesus did on the cross. How many, how many of us, and I'm going to begin to close here. We've been given full access to the most holy place. There is no separation. All of us have access to the most holy place. We have access to the presence of God, but we never actually enter into his presence. We come to church. We do the work, right? We serve. We talk to our friends. We do all the, all the stuff that we're supposed to do at church, and we go home, but we never actually enter into his presence. You could even be in the worship center. While people are around you are having experience, experiences with God, they're worshiping the Lord. They're crying out his name. They're receiving a touch from the Holy Spirit, and you stand in there and you receive nothing. And you see those people standing in the pews with their hands, with their arms crossed. They have just as much access to the most holy place as anyone else, but they refuse. See, they see the religion around them. That's what religion has done, brothers and sisters. That's why there are churches that you have to go through a man to get to God because they put religion, they put rules in place, right? They see the, we see the religion around them. They, they walk into the church and they, they see the brazen altar. They see the, the altar of, of, of intercession, but they're too afraid to go beyond the veil. It's like they're, they're, they're in the tabernacle and the veil is torn and they, you can see the most holy place, but they're too afraid to enter into it. They're too afraid of the intimate relationship that Jesus designed us for anyway. God created us for relationship. And, and Jesus, he's standing there in place of the veil saying, come, here's access to my father. And we still refuse. We're still afraid. The only reason why God even had Moses build the tabernacle is because the people were afraid of having intimate relationship with God, which is what he wanted from the first place. There was no need. God did this for the people. God didn't, doesn't need a tabernacle. He doesn't need an Ark of the Covenant so he can, his presence could be there. God doesn't need anything. We need that. We as humans, we need the rules. We need the veil. We need all this stuff. And God is saying, no, 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 no. You don't need, all you need is me. I'm all you need. God is telling you right now on this call, I am all you need. I am all you need. Come to me. My arms are wide open. My back was shredded. My skin was shredded down to the bone for you. I came down from heaven to give you access to my father. So you don't have to do all the sacrifices and all this stuff. I am the ultimate sacrifice. Just as the high priest once a year on the day of atonement would, would make the sacrifice and he would go into the most holy place and he would, he would douse the Ark of the Covenant with the blood of the sacrifice. Jesus came down, he was, his body was shredded and he went into the most holy place and poured out his own blood as the ultimate sacrifice. As the ultimate sacrifice so that all this, all, everything could be fulfilled through him. 
So brothers and sisters, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, if you are not allowing him to be your go between, between you and God, I'm telling you, you're doing something wrong. And all you have to do is cry out to him, confess your sins to him, repent, and he is faithful and just to forgive your sins. And you can have that assurance of eternal life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord, and we just we just thank you. We just continue to thank you that, that every chapter of the Bible can point to you. Everything that we read can point to you. And Father, you never wanted for there to be rules and things in place that separated us, Father Lord. So we thank you, Father, that you sent your son to destroy those rules, to remove the veil of the temple so that we can have direct access to you. So, Father, we continue to praise you, and we just thank you, Lord. I pray that we will never forget, just as we, we did communion this past week, and Lord God, that we won't, won't, won't forget your sacrifice. We, I pray that we will not forget what you did. And so we thank you, Lord Father. So, so I pray for my brothers and sisters. Be with them. Keep them and guide them, Lord God. Reveal new things to them, Lord. As they go about their day, they go about their week, Lord God, and we just continue to praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Come on, brothers and sisters. All right. This is a good one. We'll see you this weekend. I hope to see some of you at Cumberland County. Um, and if I don't, we'll see you again next week right here. God bless. Mm -hmm.